Hi everyone, welcome to another episode. This is episode 7. If this is your first time listening, hi. If this is not your first time listening, we're back again. Can't believe we've gotten to 7. Yeah, we're still out in 6. Yeah, I know. We keep, I mean, it's like two packs a month. Two packs a month. Every year she'd say, I can't believe you're two years old, but I can't believe you're three years old because she just knew the guy was going to die. Huh? Yeah. Read about it. Anyway, so I'm LD. Yeah, with me we have Sos. Hey, what up? How did your week go? Ah, it was alright. Um, lots of spending money on unnecessary stuff. Car broke down. I'm dealing with a mechanic. Looks like he's trying to cheat me. All that good stuff. Lakers life. Sorry about that. Yep. Things happen. Cars break down. I think my car has issues too, actually. I just haven't checked it. Yeah. Oh, I can't be well, it should because sometimes those little things can become big things, so it's better I catch it early. We'll see. Anyway. Yeah, nobody wants probably wants to hear about our problems, so. Yeah, exactly. So moving on. Um. The problem is probably boohoo. What? Your car. I said probably like boohoo. Your car is bad. Mm-hmm. Wah wah wah. Cry me a river. You know these things happen. Everyone's car gets. I don't even know what word to use because it's Lagos, right? Lagos and cars. They, or Nigeria and cars, actually, because the roads are horrible. But we team Mango do. So I saw this article the other um this week. Actually, you sent it to me. It was on Laolu Sembanjo. For those of you who don't know him, he's the guy who's been doing all the body art for Beyonce's um, Lemonade Visual video. You know, the tribal, Yoruba-looking art. I feel like he put Beyonce on with a lot of Yoruba people. So anyway, he's talking about how, you know... He put Beyoncé on and Beyoncé oh. put him on. I, I don't get I said with traditional Yoruba people. Yeah, like, okay, because Beyoncé kind of found him out of obscurity, right? Or at least her team anyway, yeah, right? Yeah, not so, Beyoncé, her team. Yeah, Beyoncé like, is her team. You know, Beyoncé is not... At this point, it's not a single entity anymore. I feel like they looked for him because Beyoncé was trying to do this whole Orisha, Yemoja thing. I mean, if you watched her visual album, you know, she kind of portrayed all the Yoruba goddesses. With the body art i mean even apart from laulu's body art she she went for the yoruba goddess so she did yemoja she did oshun she did oya mm. the goddess of fertility yeah, yeah i never watched the so. uh, lemonade stuff to be honest i'm not a big uh beyonce fan i was even to be honest i was even annoyed by the whole picture maybe i'm a hitter the whole picture of her with the twins and I don't know, it was a little bit too much. Like, what's all that? What's the point of all that stuff? No, this was even way before the twins. Like, way, way. Like, I, I didn't watch the full video, but I remember a, vi- um, a picture came out of Beyonce, and I thought, why does she look like a Yoruba goddess? So I felt like she'd been exploring it a lot, and then she was probably looking for someone who could help her do, like, typical Yoruba art. And then she came up across Laulu. And now Laulu is, like, huge. I think he was like bigger before her. Maybe not as big now because he was already working on like the next. Bigger before thing. her? No, no way. Isn't, this is what Beyonce essentially blew him up. It wasn't bigger before her. I feel like I heard about him before Beyonce. I knew about the Nike deal before Beyonce used him. I don't so, know about Nike. He did uh, they had, was a collection of artists and he had one of the shoes. Yeah, it was so, not really a deal per se. Com- yeah. Compared to the partnerships he has now and is really working with brands now. I think he, he really took up with Beyonce. Like, I can say he owes his career to Beyonce at this point. Or maybe it's just because I knew him before that. Yeah. I guess so. Like, did you guys know him before Beyonce or after Beyonce? I feel like he should be called BB and AB after Beyonce and before Beyonce. Like, how do you do it for Christ? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, it's kind of amazing because, like, it's just art. I usually people don't. I mean, now people pay attention to the arts, but considering his. Nigerian, you know, he's originally Nigerian, or I don't know if you should say well, there, are, there are a lot of great Nigerian artists that have been respected over time, so I don't know about that. Yeah, like I, um, like I said, I don't know if it's if I should say because he's of Nigerian heritage, but usually Nigerian parents are not very, um, they're not very supportive of weird stuff. And by weird stuff, I mean like art or music. I mean, it's just now that everyone is starting to. You know, jump it, on board. weird stuff. I'll say unconventional career paths. Yeah, and considering he wasn't born in Lagos, I feel like people born in Lagos are a bit freer. He was born in Ilori, so you can imagine being born in Lo- in Ilori. I went to school in Kwara State, actually, so I can tell you that life over there is not as cosmopolitan. Everything is pretty much how they think everything should be. You go to school, you be a lawyer, you be an engineer, and there's none of that um, bougie crappy stuff even my friend who she was served she was posted to choir she had to beg to be relocated because i'm not they're not still living in the past but it's not like how lagos everything is a bit more um i don't know what word to use but yeah so he was born in lori can you imagine being born in lori and then getting up and telling your father that you want to be an artist i'm sure he's like what the hell because his dad is a lawyer you know and you know how back in the days you were either a lawyer an engineer or a doctor and he wanted to be an artist and his dad's like yeah that's not gonna happen and his dad told his mom to speak to him and usually in your bad tradition you're a bad if you're a bad child then you're your mother's child but if you're a good kid then you're your father's child i don't know if that's for everyone i think i think most african parents are usually like that at least some african dads if you do something wrong it's your mother bring your mother i would say yeah if anything if this child does not um come into anything your mother will we know what people will do. I've I figured my way out, and I think I think the that whole you see your mother was when he threatened to drop out of um, law school to focus on the art fully. That's when he had like that more you know heart to heart conversation bringing his mother. So you know he's on Defcon five. Is it the, which one? Who had the Defcon going? Is it one or five? That the OS one. I have no idea. Yeah, and it was on the highest Defcon level when he went to drop out and when you bring your mother involved and you know essentially when his father is pseudo disowning you in the sense of this one is you and your mother i have no i have no hand in it so i think it's a common type stuff and you know parents go based on their experiences you know you look around what the successful people lawyer this engineer this doctor so at least in the immediate environment those I put that see as successful, so that's where they want to push their children towards those things that they feel society has proven to make their children successes. I guess like in my family was kind of we're kind of liberal. I'm the only one who read like anything remotely science. I, I studied engineering, but my brothers, you know, they studied the arts, human resources, things like that. And I I don't recall a time, or maybe I just can't remember, where my parents trying to push for us to be like doctors or i even wanted to be an engineer because i wanted to prove a point to myself you know that i could study it It wasn't even because like my parents if i remember correctly my mom tried to um this this was is it dissuade discourage discourage me from studying engineering which is ironic because she went you know when you're trying to choose a course to study you have to think about what kind of job you're gonna get you know blah 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 and i'm thinking 
okay so what do you want me to study so i originally wanted to study aeronautics but i ended up doing mechanical engineering but so i, I think it's kind of when i hear people say their parents are trying to make them lawyers or doctors or engineers I, i'm just thinking wow it was like the opposite in my house but then one thing i know for sure is when i started doing like my side business my mom wasn't um she not that she wasn't encouraging but she wasn't very um she just she just didn't get it you know she'd be like you should concentrate on your job by the by the way i had become an engineer for those who know me i originally started as an engineer before i switched fields so she'd be like you should concentrate on your job this other thing that you're doing i really don't know what you, you you're gonna get out of it you know and i i guess i can understand where she was coming from because she, she thought that it was taken out of my time or time that i could use to be better obviously at work but at the end of the day i think she's made her peace with it because now when she's talking to me she's like yeah yeah i reach babe now you do you do this you do that blah 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 but i feel like nigerian parents sometimes they try to discourage you like laulu's dad did but then when things go really well they kind of embrace it because now laulu is famous and his dad is like telling everyone oh that's my son that's my kid no one's gonna remember that there was a time when he was like yeah you can't do this or you're not my child if you do that i think the irony is they never apologize or say if i had known they just kind of find a way to make it better it's like how people say um nigerian parents don't say sorry when they spank their kid they just say do you want to eat or have you eaten or something so they end up just saying something nice you know that makes that is meant to make everything just go away Af- african parents don't apologize it just doesn't matter what it is whether you maybe you guys are fixing a puzzle and you know there's a there's a piece that's supposed to go in there you say you should go there you say no remove your hand and you put it somewhere it doesn't fit they'll now take that piece and put it into the right place they will not acknowledge that you told them this is where it should go or anything like that for example they'll just go on with it and say yes yeah you were right that time or they won't, might even acknowledge you were even right and just uh, and just uh, move on so it's just for everything they never apologize if you if you're waiting for your for your parents to say, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, you were right, you know, it's, it's, hard, it's, hard to, it's hard to see that going. I don't even know if it's an ego thing, because even people in our generation, some people are kind of like that. You have people who legit kind of say they're sorry or who don't want to admit that they're wrong. They just kind of just find a way to, um, <clears throat> to gloss over everything. I feel like this week has just been a lot for me, because at work, I kind of fought with my colleague, and I don't know if it's because, and I say this with no um, prejudice and no offense to all the guy listeners out there. But I don't know if he's a guy, but he refused to say sorry even though he was wrong and everyone has told him he was wrong. Like another colleague of mine told him, yeah, so you need to go and apologize to LD because you know you were wrong. And our fight was on Tuesday. Today is Sunday. He's not said he's sorry. I mean, he came to me, I, I got into the office on Wednesday and he's like, good morning like good morning was meant to change everything that happened the day before and i'm just like yeah whatever but on friday he comes up to me again and he starts talking about like a potential piece of business and i'm thinking you know whatever you bring to me is not going to take away the fact that you were awful and rude on tuesday you know so he's talking about this business i'm just staring at him like get the fuck out of my face so i don't know like him saying he's sorry would have just you know ended this whole so sometimes I don't think it's just African parents. I feel like some people in general just have like an ego issue. I do hear some 
people say that their parents said they're sorry. I don't know how. Yeah, so why. yeah, it's, it's possible. Yeah, I'm sure. Like I said, there's no, um, nothing's absolute, right? There's no hundred percent. But I'm just talking. The majority of people probably have the experience where their parents are never wrong. Their parents never apologize and stuff like that. So and obviously there are people on their own, just who are just you know rude and they don't apologize for whatever it is. Why there are people that apologize? And obviously, you have you are a product of your environment. You are a product of how you were raised. If you are raised by parents that don't apologize, maybe you too you grew up and not apologize because that's just the way you uh, you grew up. So it's, it's something that gets passed on, and maybe that's why it's been that way all along because parents never did apologize. So that cycle is never is never broken. Yes, but like I. I guess it's probably not like a Nigerian thing, but I like how you're everyone's favorite or you're everyone's child when you're doing well or when you're in the news. Oh, by the way, I have I kind of have a cold, so my voice sounds very nasal. Apologies for that. <clears throat> but you're kind of everyone's child when you're doing well. I mean, if we take it back to Laolu, even his brother kind of tried to distance himself from him because he's like, you know what? If you're going to this art thing, I'm not going to support you when we're like when you're in need or something and i i found that kind of odd because i can't imagine my brother's telling me okay so if you're going to your side business full time and you need something or you need support we're not going to be there for you like art is i don't know how how to say this but you shouldn't your family like your family isn't going to back you up in something that you think is crazy then who else is going to be there for you because at the end of the day it just sounds like everyone just kind of let him be like not that they didn't want to back him up if you want to think, look at it from their point of view they wanted him to be successful and fend for himself and based on their own vision and what they taught and I remember the, st- in the story his dad took him around and you know, drove and so on where they saw, you know, struggling artists like under the bridge and essentially living in squalor and his dad is like, is this what you want for yourself? So as a parent, if they're looking at them, it's like, then this dude is losing his mind. He's not going the right way. He's, he's, he's suffering and are sent him to school to do law and he can succeed from this point of view. Then they're going to be, you know, pushing him that direction. I'm like, if you're going this way, it's almost like they're seeing somebody that's now wayward or disobedient in their own eye and they're like we can't support you going down this road you should be going down that road so that's you know looking trying to look at it from their lens that's where they were coming from obviously they were not all right about it but that's probably perspective that they had i mean but where do you draw the line between pushing your child to do what you think will make them successful and what will make them happy and fulfilled I don't want to be an engineer. You, you, you can't like be happy and fulfilled on an empty stomach. I mean, for or instance, not having a place to live. It, so that's why you hear all these stories about people go to school, like their parents want them to study medicine. They go to school, they get their uh, medical degree, and then they come home and they go, here, here's a piece of paper. And then they go on and do whatever it is that they really want. So on the flip side, didn't you waste like money sending that child to school to study something that they are not interested in? Like, how many of us out there actually know that Dr. Sid is a legit dentist? I didn't know that. Yeah, he is a dentist. He's, he actually went to school, studied his dentist stuff, and he's like, Psh, this is not what I want to do. But even, but even I mean, and I know people keep saying that you might be able to go back and study whatever and, and practice whatever it is that you studied. But who at this point in time actually thinks that Dr. Sid is going to hang up his mic and then 
go into i mean would you even take your teeth to dr c but the point but the fun? point the point would be if it never if it didn't work out for him he had something to fall back to that's why i think even lalu's parents thinking that what oh, he thought it was a phase also said just finish because he wanted to drop out of the law right he said just finish the law degree after law degree you can do your arts right it's that's, a trap when they say that yeah you can call it a trap but to them at least it's, they say it's options right you know what's funny i've never met anyone who stepped out of what their parents wanted to do who didn't end up succeeding despite going to school like i'm sure there are stories out there of course but most of the stories <laughs> i hear are i you, dropped my certificates for my father and i told him i mean even my you, dad you, 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 you only hear the good ones See, now you you you, know you, you, you you don't hear about the people sitting under living under a cool bridge you know what even my dad didn't um practice what he studied he went like a totally different line my dad probably only did a nine to five for how long of his life and then he went to into his own business which but which like makes sense said, with the point when they say they never pushed you towards those stuff because based on your own dad's experiences he was more open to different things being a source of um, income or being a passion be a career path because of his own experiences versus somebody whose dad is a lawyer and that's what he knows so this this is just your, your story just reflecting how the parents perspective also influences how they raise sometimes the child sometimes it might not even be like the parents um how the parent you know sometimes it might be that a parent sees how well like another person's child is doing in a chosen profession and they're feeling like i want my child to be that way you know or i want my child to do this or i want my child to do that so sometimes it might even just be that you see something that you think mm-hmm. that you want for your child exactly, you know? exactly yeah based based well based on their experiences whether they lived it themselves or whether it's, it's John down the street that is doing so fine, what is he doing? He's a doctor. My child must be a doctor. I want him to grow up to be like Ben. Or if I'm the one doing so good, my law firm, I know connections. I can get him high up in the bar because of all this stuff. If he can go into law, I know I can get him set for life. But the boy says he wants to play soccer. What do you do? I mean, I'm just saying, like, obviously we understand, like, the parent's point of view, but do you want to really be that parent? whose child ends up doing drugs or committing suicide, worst case scenario, just because they were forced to do something that they were not interested in doing. I don't know. I don't know ministers have people committing suicide because they I say go read law. I said worst case scenario, committing yeah, suicide. Yeah, I don't know about that. Like, you, there are people who are doing drugs out there just to, you know. Or you see people who... Um, <clears throat> do you guys know that Ajay... Okay, like, for instance, you know that Ajay Bota... I don't know if you know Ajabota, but Ajabota is an, um, a Nigerian artist. Yeah. Do you know that he has a regular 9 to 5? Yeah, you told he, me about he that. He works too. for a top tech firm. And we can all guess that, that this is because his parents are probably like, excuse me, you know, we know about that, um, you doing music for the rest of your life. So like I said, where do you draw the line between forcing your kids to do something but, that but they Which one came first, the job, then he got into music? No, I think Ajibota was doing music way before. It's like Fowls. Fowls was doing music like when we were in uni. Okay. You know, but I remember he would send little snippets of his funny songs around. Like, everyone who scored, like, okay, let me not say everyone, but quite a few people knew Fowls even before, like, he blew up. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. Because he was always doing that whole Raz music thing. So that he blew up wasn't a shock to us. Do you understand? Like, we're like, yeah. But he was already in uni, so it's probably a situation of, let me just finish, like, school do you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. and then he graduated he came back to nigeria he did law school and Oga dropped his um, law degree and had entered music full-time i mean he's probably um handling his legal 
documents and contracts himself because he's a lawyer and he did, knows what it did, is. Did he go to Nigerian bar? Yeah. Right. He is. I know what. We all know, well, maybe we don't all know, but Fauzi's dad is a son. So you can imagine the pushback that he had from his father, a senior advocate of Nigeria, for God's sake. His father's probably like, what the hell? But we've gone through that with like Charlie Boy, right? Wasn't yeah. Charlie Boy dad the judge and stuff? I mean, and Charlie Boy is even like the worst of it all. Well, in we, terms we, of like we, deflecting we, from the path yeah. and everything. Same, but, same music though, although, although I guess it's more. Yeah, exactly. It's more, more grunge and yeah. scary and everything. But like I think it was even in the papers where Faust's dad was like, "Yes, I do. I did not agree. I still like, and I still don't agree." I think this is like two years ago. Right. But like when the guy said making it, he told his mother, "Eh, we can see what we can do." <laughs> but like you could tell that his dad was still very. Yeah, at, the, you know, at the end of the day, parents just want their kids to be successful, right? So and you know that's so. Um, however, you get to it at the end of the day, as long as you get there. But the journey towards it is where the whole wala is. You know what? Well, I'm going to say something that might come off wrong or that might come off bad. But hey, at the end of the day, it's a good bad gang, right? Yeah, parents at the end of the day, of the day want their kids to be successful. But I remember someone once said something during a seminar about how sometimes parents are only thinking about themselves. Like, it's not so much about the kid's success, but more so about... When I'm old and grey, is this child going to have enough money to take care of me? Am I going to be put up in a big house like the rest of my um, <clears throat> like the rest of my mates? You know that kind of thing. Mm. So like sometimes for some parents, it's really just selfish. Mm. They're actually just trying to live life like through their kids, or they're just thinking about when they're old and retired and how. Mm their life is going to look because at the end of the day you want your kids to be successful so that when you're old and gray you have kids who can cater for you you don't want to be sick and then your kid cannot your kid is just managing the money that they have for their own family do you get what i'm saying Mm. like you want your kid to have so much that it doesn't even matter like they can build you their your own house Mm. buy your own car makes sense you know sometimes we forget it's not about like sometimes we forget parents are human beings right human beings are motivated by the symptoms everybody else human beings that want to be comfortable human beings that so a lot of times you know i guess we label these things parents and kind of try to hold them to um, a whole different standard when you know they're just human beings like everybody else and trying to get by so that makes a lot of sense that a lot of parents are thinking oh boy when i'm old and gray if this ones are not anything how will i um how will i move on but then again their parents also look at it the other way who want to set up their children's children's children right so they don't even think about dreaming thinking of me they're thinking about setting up three generations down the yeah, but down the road so yeah so i'm just so, saying that so some, different mindsets for different yeah, parents so i'm just saying that sometimes it's not even about you wanting your kid to be successful sometimes you're thinking about you and your old age and how comfortable are you gonna be i mean it's not a bad thing obviously to want to become there's nothing worse like some people at work say there's nothing worse than being old and being um poor in quotes not being able to do anything you know that kind of thing so obviously it would be great if you had kids who could support i mean there's some old people who are bowling out there you know their kids have set them up for life but that's why i asked the earlier question where do you draw the line between what you want for your kid and your kid being happy because sometimes you hear some parents saying some things and the kids are like is this really about me or really about you you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, right. Don't even set up, like I said, set up for life. Some of it is about their friends. You know, 
parents, parents, you find out that a lot of parents, what they talk about is their children. There's really, you know, when you're young, when you're just with your friend, you got to talk about cars, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times, you listen to parents' conversation, all they're talking about is their kids. What are your kids doing, blah, blah, blah. So if you're not doing well, it becomes difficult and uncomfortable for them to talk with their friends, right? Because a lot of times the conversation shifts to the kids. So what you're doing directly affects the way they are living on their relationship with their friends and stuff like that because a lot of times children are a big um, part of the um, of, of what their conversations are about. You know, you know I can kind of get that because something really cool happened to me this week and my dad's friend saw it and then my dad's friend sent him a text but still managed to talk about his own daughter along the line about what she's doing too. Right. And I remember thinking, this isn't about your kid. This is about me. Yeah, like, so, yeah, yeah. about your kid yeah, at so, a different yeah, time? So it's like, like, you know, your daughter's doing well. But remember, my daughter yeah, also is doing know, good thinking, too. Can this text so. just really be about me? Can you just, can we talk about your kid's success like at a later date? Why are you trying to take mm. away from my shine and from my dad's shine? So yeah, sometimes it's really just about the kids. But like they said during that seminar, as a parent, you also have to work hard enough to know that no matter what, I mean, for parents who are thinking about themselves and their own comfort, you know, like, don't be so lazy to the extent where you're relying on your kids to, or waiting for your kids to blow. Yeah, which is my point. Like, what if they don't? Which is, the, which, is, which, is, which is what I just said before, which is saying that there's some parents that have the other mindset, which is to set up their children, mm. children, children. Although in Nigeria now, it's the detriment where these guys' positions they are stealing. I don't, I don't know if their motivation is actually saying their children, 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 why they're mm. stealing all these billions and billions of dollars. But obviously, they're parents with a different mindset where, you know, they're getting enough money where their kids and kids, kids, kids might never need to walk again. Marriage is not just marriage, right? Yeah, people are like making conscious decisions to marry like into the right families and to marry the right people. I mean, it's kind of like the the what's it called that you sent me? Oh, Doctor, oh, Doctor Omar Johnson, yeah, right? Breakfast, His Breakfast Club yeah. interview. Yeah, he said some interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, do you want to let us know what he said? Marriage is a political decision. Who you marry tells me who you are. When you marry a woman, you don't just marry her; you marry her culture. You marry her community, you marry her people. You understand? So when a black man marries a white woman, he's making several clear uh, points and messages he's sending out to his own people. Because there's no greater symbol of your loyalty to your struggle than to marry a sister who shares that struggle. So obviously, in his definition of marriage, you know, he, he made it quite clear that marriage isn't just getting married and having a family. That marriage is a, I'm paraphrasing now, like a sacred act where, you know, for you to get married to somebody, right, is imbibing their culture, their everything, right? Even in Africa, they say you don't just marry a man, you marry his family. So there's a whole bunch of things that's going to marriage. And he's saying a marriage, whoever you marry is a reflection of you. So he was saying if you marry a white woman as a black man, I want to give the caveat in America, right, then you don't value yourself as a black man right so he was like he has no respect for any black man who marries a white woman or a non-black woman right 
I mean, like, well, I agree that marriage is a decision that you make based on, like, strengthening ties or community or based on your struggles. I also feel like you have to leave room for, like, legit just falling in love. You're a black guy and you fall for a white girl. Are you going to hold it back just because yeah you don't want to you don't want your people in the hood to look at you some type of way or anything i mean like i know he was saying that how can a black guy marry a white woman does she understand his struggle does she understand like what he's going through and the only person who can understand the struggle of a black man is a black woman yeah fine i think i can understand where he's coming from but you know you like who you like and it's why dj envy was saying at the end of the day it's it's kind of um it's not double standard, but the GM is like, if his son brings home a white girl, he's not going to tell his son, yo, come, you need to dump that girl. Cause, so his son is going to ask him, why do I need to dump her? And your answer is going to be straight up, because she's white. You're telling me, right, if my, my son, my black son, right, yes. brings home a white girl, I should be like, son, you shouldn't date her, you should date a black person. Because you have to teach your son loyalty to his community. Mm. European Jews do it. Arabs do it, Chinese do it, East. We're the only people who feel anxious and ambivalent about telling our black boys that you better love and marry a black woman. And you know why we feel ambivalent? Because all of us have been conditioned by church envy to be colorblind. We're constantly told over and over again that it is wrong to be for yourself before you are for anyone else. And that's why Africans are dead last. I don't agree. It's nothing wrong with being loyal to yourself. I, I kind of get I, I kind of get what he's saying, so I'm not gonna you love who you love marry who you marry, but I kind of get what he's saying. And what well, I'd say you have to remember the African American experience in America from slavery, you know, from segregation, the Jim Crow laws, and all that stuff, and, and still the struggle that they struggle with today with um, all these um, police um, killings and stuff. So when you live in that kind of environment, and you know the kind of oppression and systematic racism that goes on. And you're aware that black women in America are the least to be married when the survey is done, they're seen as the least attractive. So when you know all those statistics, and, you, and if you say that you're somebody for fighting for African-American rights, and you're a black man, and at the end of the day, you don't marry a black woman, I think there's something there that you have to like check yourself. And if you put all that stuff together, and you know exactly what you're fighting or struggling for. Okay, so you know what? I don't really know anything about like what it is to be a black woman in America. But you schooled in America. Did you ever date a white woman or a white girl or someone who wasn't black? No, always my Nubian princesses and queens. Oh, bullshit. Always like, Nubian. Never you know, never, you know, never like, had the white fever. You know, like was sitting here and I can literally smell like the BS and everything. It's not BS here, yeah, man. Always, always, always for my black queens and black goddesses. Look, let's move. He's just trying to get black women to listen more to this podcast. But you no, know, whatever. No, the black women are already listening. Can that white woman ever understand your son's struggle? Fuck no. Thank you. So why would you want him to spend the rest of his life with a woman who can never understand how he feels when the New York City Police Department pulls him over? Dr. Umar, you you need it. a woman who can feel you. And the only woman on earth who can understand the black man is the black woman. And that's why I cannot respect a black man who is not committed to a black woman. That's the greatest symbol of pride in self. I agree with you, but I do think people, you know, fall in love with who they fall in love with. But... You but love it. is a function of priorities and values. Yes. See, this, I, let's, let's take it away from the African-American experience, actually. And let's bring it to Nigeria. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't mind because I have so much to say. Let's bring it to Nigeria, right? Now, 
now if I, I was thinking about it critically like if you actually like let's say you're a Yoruba person right and you feel Yoruba people are being victimized right or even you you want to even forward your culture right you want to make sure your children can speak um, Yoruba right you want to make sure you know the heritage and that is something that really concerns you who best it will help you do that? Marrying an Igbo woman, marrying a Hausa woman, or marrying a Yoruba woman? Can I ask a question? So are you trying to say that the, the mother or whoever cannot single-handedly teach her children about her heritage? Well, because, like, here's the way I see it. But, but talking I about the man now, I'm saying as a man, as a, as a Yoruba man, and I want to get married, and I'm concerned, and I'm somebody that's really into Yoruba culture. I want my children to live it, breed it. I want them to know the language in and out. Would that be better served marrying a Yoruba woman or marrying a Hausa woman, marrying an Igbo woman? Okay, so this is the angle I'm coming. I feel like for men it's different. So like, we're bringing it down to Nigeria, right? For men, if you marry a woman from another tribe, she's expected to, you know, mind, body, and soul become whatever the tribe it is that you're from. When I was in secondary school, and I feel like I say this story all the time to buttress this, there was a girl, she was my senior. If she's listening, you know yourself. Her mom was originally Igbo. And she's Hausa. But we didn't know her mom was originally Igbo. Why? Because every time her mom came to school for visiting day, her mom was speaking Hausa, her mom was dressed as a Hausa lady. There was nothing Igbo about her mother. And guess what? These kids don't know how to speak Igbo. They speak Hausa. They are a hundred and one percent Hausa. Like there's no, I swear the day she told us, oh yeah, I, I think she said her mom's name. And everyone's like, how can your mom's name be, you know, let's say Neka, for instance, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because the Hausa, she's like, yeah, my mom is originally evil. She married my dad and then she did everything. My point is, if you if you marry a woman and she's ready to, um, what's it called? If she's ready to embrace everything about you, do you get what I'm saying? There's no way your child won't know. Like, because it stunned everyone that this woman and, was and, so and, good and, 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 that, and that flips me to the woman's side. If this woman was somebody with strong evil pride, somebody that wanted to see, actually can never speak evil, if you want somebody strong Igbo pride, want to propagate the Igbo culture, let's assume Igbo um, religion or something I mean, I was out of was out of was out of reach. Wouldn't she have been better served going with an Igbo you know man? What? It means it mean, to On me. It, it, somebody can argue, and Doctor Uma will argue that her her heritage or her belief or her strength in the Igbo culture, there's something you missing there. Maybe she doesn't have Igbo pride. But I, I think maybe because of, um, I don't know if that I know too many people, but for Dr. Umar's argument, it's always down to the parents. I have a friend. Hi, Grace. I hope you're listening. Her dad is Yoruba. Her mom is Hausa. Guess what? Grace can speak Yoruba and she can speak Hausa. Grace can tell you Yoruba tradition. Grace can tell you Hausa tradition. So it's all down to you as a parent. Like, you guys sit down and decide. I mean, there's always this, it's funny, there's always this funny thought about how in intertribal marriages, the kids always only learn how to speak um, the mother's language because the mother is probably speaking her language more to the kids, right? As opposed, And the dad probably just doesn't have time. But if both parents are actively speaking there like i know children from mixed marriages who can speak both languages they might be able to speak one more fluent than the other but they're not missing out on understanding like what both languages yeah so are. you made, you, you, you made my point for me a little bit here when you said a lot of times the woman 
Whether I, said, I know there's a common saying that children only learn their mother's language. That's what I said. I yeah, so common. Yeah, but we know. In every, I keep on saying the world is not black and white. It's shades of gray. Now, I'm obviously not everyone that has a mother will make sure it learns the mother tongue. Yes, maybe she can do and then teach her teach the kid the dad's tongue, however they do it. But I'm talking about optimum optimum conditions, optimum yeah, optimum conditions. Yeah, since more than likely whatever the woman speaks, whatever the woman's heritage is, will be passed to the kid. So if you are a man who cares about your own tribe, religion, or whatever it is, right, then it's important you marry the woman from your tribe or whatever it is. If you want to make sure, make sure optimum conditions that that is what is passed to the child. Now, like I said. You know what's funny? I always hear about how, um, what's it called? If you marry a white person, you're not, um, you don't have any pride. But I never hear about mixed race kids not going through the same struggles as African Americans, no matter whether the dad is white or their mom is white. So riddle me that they still understand the struggles. This is not about understanding the struggle. It's about forwarding the struggle. Yeah, I'm saying, but they still know it. They understand it. They live it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, like, I feel like it's just now that everything is um all willy-nilly. Back in the days, during slavery time, if you had a kid, as long as that kid was mixed race, like, you know, that's where all the words like mulatto and everything came out from, you know. The, well, well, the, well, digressing from the argument here, it's not about that. It's not the product of their marriages we're talking about. In America, as long as so you have an saying, ounce of blood... you make sure that your kid right treads that path that's what you're saying right and i'm saying i've never heard about a mixed race kid who still didn't that's why i brought still didn't that's why that's why i took it away from the african-american struggle which i said is a very specific thing and i was talking about bringing it to nigeria here the african-american um story is very very different I'm just trying to draw an analog to Nigeria here. So what we're what talking about African-American, then we're talking about the struggle with the couple themselves as every day forwarding the culture, trying to break down systematic racism, institutional racism. We don't have to, we're not doing any of that in Nigeria here. I'm just talking about, we're just talking about tribes now, about yeah, because speaking language or whatever. So, so Nigeria, it's a whole different scenario. Unfortunately, with generations, some people don't even know how to speak their languages. So even trying to teach the child your language is, you know, another story altogether. Like some parents legit don't know how to even speak their languages properly. I was gonna say in regards to even like bringing it down to Nigeria. Yeah, but isn't that the shame though? Yeah, of course it's a so, shame. So, so, so we're losing culture. Yeah, we're losing. Say, so we're sometimes losing. it's not even the kids' fault that they can't even understand. It's yeah, but it started from. But yeah, but it started from the other generation, wherever it is. Yeah. So what? What? what I'm, all I'm just saying. Look, I said love who you love. You said parents and children. Parents can make it work. Couples can make it work, and they both teach. You know, their children stuff today the more language you can speak, the better. Actually, children are people that can speak more languages that generally tend to be more intelligent because they're using so many different uh, um, neurons firing by speaking all these different langu- yeah, like, languages. Yeah, I, I saw a video of someone I was following on Instagram. She literally would say, because she is um, she's south-south, she's from south-south, and I think her husband, is, I'm not really sure, sure whether her husband is Shikiri and she's another child, but she would say a word in her husband's language and her child, her child is three or four and her child would understand what she was saying and then she'll say it in her own language and her child will understand too so i think another issue is you just start teaching children when they're like 10. people like it's a common known fact that if you don't start teaching kids from apparently there's 
an age limit to where like kids are very interested in like all these things so if you miss it you miss it if you miss that bracket that's why it's so difficult to try and teach you know like how in nigeria is when you get into secondary school they start trying to teach you french and everything but if you're actually learning french from like when you're two or three it's a lot more easy so the earlier you learn the skills a lot of times the better it is so the younger you can start learning languages learn to swim all the kind of stuff the the, the 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 better for you i just feel like no one should be told who they want to marry just because they're from a different tribe or a different state or a different culture i mean like yeah sure there are things that you probably might never understand but who's to say that even if you married someone who was from the same tribe as you you would understand i mean we brought it down to the nigerian tribes even amongst yoruba people yoruba people still don't um, still kind of segregate so you're like oh this person is from Ijebu or this person is from Oshun and things like that or even Igbos or why are you marrying someone who's from Anambra state or someone who's from Enugu so at the end of the day everyone's going to always have their own thing about somebody else or you know about another place or another country so might as well just be with whoever so ma marriage is hard dating is hard so why add extra constraints why add things that will make stuff harder so that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. Why add to that and make stuff harder? If life was gonna be easier for you, easier for your children, easier for your identity. Better you go marry somebody from your own tribe, of you know, if you're an African American, marry an African American woman. If you're a Christian, marry a Christian. If you're a Muslim, marry a Muslim. Right? So this, I'm not even going biblical or whatever it is, I'm just saying because we all have the, you know the verse about being unequally yoked. Forget about that. If you're really about your Christianity, and that's what you're really about, right? And that's, you live it, imbibes you. You're not going to go marry a Muslim man. They now flip and now become a Muslim because of the children. It means you were never really into the Christianity. It was never really in you. It never really what made you. And I think that's kind of what Dr. Omar is saying. If this is what you are, if this is what imbibes your body, soul, and spirit, then it's a conflict of interest. It's a conflict of everything for you to go the other way around. So it's a conflict of interest for like a Yoruba guy to marry an Igbo girl because he should embody Yoruba all mind, body and soul. <coughs> like I said, I'm really I'm stretching it to bring it into the Nigerian environment, right? Because really what he's saying is more tightly wound because of the peculiarities of the African American experience in America. But I'm just saying, I see the merits of it. And if I want to draw that line, I can draw that line. But obviously, you know, love who you love, marry who you want to marry. With your point, there are some Igbo people that probably live in some parts of Yoruba that are more Yoruba than anybody that you can talk about. And just like that, your, your mom's friend who is Igbo, but she's probably as house as house I get. Not my mom's friend, someone who I went to secondary school your, with. Your classmates. Mm -hmm classmates or whatever whatever it is so stuff 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 is just hard so i'm saying anything that can make it easier make it easier i mean apart from that just knowing that marriage is, is more than just getting married marriage is about body soul and spirit and getting to a union so that takes a lot so anyway i'm just saying that some people are looking at um, Dr. Omar Johnson as a kind of cook, but I'm saying I kind of understand what he's saying, and I can really stretch it across the whole spectrum of uh, even in Nigerian marriages.
hard as relationships are, you'd be surprised at the basic things that kind of make it difficult. Like our jury pick for the week. Guy sends an email saying, Bro, Jay, bless up. I enjoy your page a lot. My sister would direct message you for distributor package, not vandalize you. Hello, I have this issue bothering me with my girlfriend. We haven't spoken in nine days now. Normally, we talk every day. Recently, she's been staying in my house very often. So this very day, I asked her to wash my toilet. Because it had a lot of stains and dirt, it's not a big deal because my ex used to wash my toilet. So she just turned it and stared shouted at me that I'm a useless guy, blah blah blah. We have been dating for two years. Jora, what's wrong with her washing my toilet? The Bible says a man is the head of his house, so I have the right to ask her for it. It really upset me. I told her I'm sure a lot of girls would be honored to wash my toilet. I even mentioned names. I miss her, but she must wash that toilet. I buy her MB. I pay for her home Wi-Fi. I fill her car. I give her money. I have never asked for anything before. Am I overreacting? I know there are no chills. I know there are no chill people on your blog. I'm open to insults. Am I wrong? Yes, I haven't. Yes, I haven't cheated this whole year. I'm a perfect boyfriend. I'll be reading comments. Jerry replied me too. Man, oh man, it looks like um, toilet and washing toilet seem to be a big thing among um, dating in Nigeria now. I think this is like the second or is it third um, Jerry that we have somebody that has like a toilet uh, washing uh, complaints. Second. Second, that has a washing toilet a toilet complaint here. Um, ladies, wash the toilet. What's the what's the, what's the big deal? What's you know get some um, Lysol and uh, you know spray that thing down. Get uh, what they call that the wash the thing they used to wash the toilet and you know get in there and, and clean. What they say holy, um, cleanliness is next to godliness. What's wrong with what's wrong with cleaning the toilet? You're over there. You're using the same bathroom. I, I, it doesn't make sense. Like so she's using the dirty a dirty bathroom also. I don't know. I think this is real simple. Wash the bathroom. What's what's the big deal? Um. So from the email, the part I don't really get is when he says that she must wash that toilet. They haven't spoken for nine days. So does that mean that the toilet has been lying dirty for nine days? And if that's the case, does that mean that she's moved back and gone back to her house? And does that mean that he can't wash his toilet? So he's equally been using a dirty bath, a, a dirty toilet, because he specifically said toilet, not bathroom. So does that mean he's been using the toilet as dirty is as dirty as it is for nah, the last nine days? Because he mm. said, "I miss her," well, which means that she's probably not living in that in the place anymore. He says that she stays there a lot, so he misses her, but she must wash the toilet. So meaning that she's let's assume that she's gone back to wherever it is that she originally lives. This guy is using his dirty toilet like that and waiting for her to come I'm back. Sure he and wash I'm sure he has cleaned. I'm sure he has the toilet, but she must still come also, and wash the toilet. I find it very stupid. For him to say that he's sure a lot of girls would be honored to wash his toilet, then he should leave his girlfriend and go date the girls that would be honored to wash he's, his he's toilet. He's giving her the privilege to wash even, that toilet. He even um he even mentioned names. So I don't get why is he mentioning names? Does that mean that there have been girls who have been coming in to wash the toilet? Like if you want to go be with someone because they wash toilets for you, then go be with the person. The girl doesn't want to wash the toilet, she doesn't want to wash the toilet. I feel like guys just have no tact. Your toilet is dirty. You can't just tell someone, go and wash the toilet. Like, I, I really don't get that. Yeah, of course, if she's living in the house, then she shouldn't be told to go and wash the toilet. Exactly. But what I don't really understand is how... How, how is she using a dirty bathroom so toilet? Day, 
I asked her to wash the toilet because it had a lot of stains and dirt. Maybe she's one that shit inside and um, dirty the whole thing. I'm not even going to try and assume why the toilet had a lot of stains and dirt she, on that She took a dump. But um, clearly, he's also feeling some kind of way because his ex used to wash the toilet. I mean, I don't know why his ex is his ex, but there's always a reason why his ex is it. But it seems like, apart from him telling her to wash the toilet, he's placing too much importance on other people who used to wash the toilet for him or other people who would wash the toilet. So like I said, this thing is very simple. We already said relationships are hard. So for you to let something as basic as washing the toilet now become a big deal, I don't really get it. So if it's, if, if it's that big of a deal to whoever this person a million in is, then just leave the girl and go and meet these girls who are ready to wash I'm sure the reason why he was bringing all that stuff up, because you said she started abusing him. So I, I'm not sure about the kind of insults that he, she was throwing his way. So maybe you have to say, look, uh, you don't know why I'm making a big deal out of this stuff. This other people used to watch this story that it wasn't such a big deal. I am yeah, making it seem like World War Two because you know, clean the toilet that you you use. And I'm, I'm even guessing she might have been the one that has even blasted the whole thing and it's just so deep. Like, like how could you be in the forget whether you asked her or not to, but you're using the dirty bathroom and you're just cool with it. You can't even, you know. So what I don't understand is like if two people are using the same bathroom, male and female, it is automatically meant to be the female's job to wash the toilet, even though the girl can see that the toilet is also dirty. Like, I mean, I don't know what kind of home he was brought up in, but in my home, if I enter the toilet before anyone else and I see it's dirty, best believe I have to wash it. If it's my brothers, then they have to wash it. So all of us will now be using dirty toilet just because it's the female's job to wash the toilet. Like, I, I don't really get it. Like, we were brought up in a way where nothing is like female's... Well, maybe not my mom, but you know, I can get, you know what's funny? I think like my wife is probably even more on this cleaning thing than anyone else. So I can't imagine that my would say dead toilet and then you now come out and be waiting for somebody else to wash the toilet. Let's, let's but I feel some like co- ladies, this is why sometimes like when every time I come on this show, I keep saying that he's not your daddy. Clearly the guy feels entitled. He feels like he deserves her washing the toilets because he pays for her home Wi-Fi. He buys her M- um, data for her phone. He fuels her car. He gives her money. Things like that. So obviously the guy feels like, I do all this shit for you so you should be able to do this for me. I continue to say it and I'm going to say it. He's not your daddy. Like, stop letting him do all this shit for you. I can't guarantee you that if this guy wasn't doing anything for her, he probably wouldn't even be making a big Let me put some context into this stuff. They've been dating for two years. This is the first time he asked her to wash the bathroom. So it's not like so it's not like he's been using her to wash the bathroom every time. So this guy's probably been frustrated that this chick will be using the bathroom and everything and, you know, staining it up, snanking it up and she can't even wash all I know is that this guy is a useless guy because he said he's been dating her for two years and he said I haven't cheated this whole year which leads me back to when I said he has names of other girls who would wash his toilet because the guy has been fucking around he said I haven't cheated this why whole year why we change the so context that means, now that's a whole different issue wait, now. so that means last year he would, that's why I said then he should dump the girl and go and be with the girls who are washing the toilets because I mean like if I was this girl he start listing names of people who would be ready to wash your toilet I'd be like wait 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 why is there a list of names of girls who will be ready to wash your toilet apparently that's like, how the toilet stay clean because she's not washing it but like he said he hasn't cheated this year so you know okay, he's, he's mind body and so he's not even totally into this girl so she just no he means he's committed now he's decided to get committed to the relationship and you now know, the girl doesn't need to learn how to clean the bathroom that's some bullshit we're only 7 months into the year so he still has a couple of more months to cheat on her He's just saying that from whenever it is that this year started till now. Based, based on the way she's behaving, the guy will soon cheat now. Like I said, just one part. Because both of you are not meant to be. 
don't know about that. Ladies, please, you know, don't be engine bathroom that is dirty and not clean it. Clean it up, man. It's not what's the big deal there. Yeah, especially when you're using it also. I'm not saying go to a guy's house and pick up um cleaning stuff like yeah, some kind of meat or whatever. No 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 no. If you go to his house, his house should be clean. He should clean the stuff by himself. But if you guys are like together, you're spending weeks there, weekends there and stuff like that, and the whole place is in disarray and you can't clean it. I don't know about that. Like I saw in um on Twitter there was this conversation about somebody said uh, if a if a woman does not have a housemaid if a, if a woman wants a housemaid, she um don't marry her, she's not wife material. Right? So other people were like, ah, what, what do you mean? My mother had been married for 30 years and I've never seen her cook or clean. We have housemates, whatever it is. Look, if you can afford a housemaid or whatever it is, get one. Let them do the work. But if you can't afford one, you can't say, oh, I don't, I don't do whatever. Do the chores. And then obviously, let the guys help. You guys do some, have a chat and divide it. You do this, I do that, and you get it moving. Not everybody can get a housemate. I don't know this stuff like somebody says, I need a housemate or whatever it is. Anyway, wash the bathroom. Not such a big deal. Yeah, I just dumped the girl because honestly, there's just too much drama over a bathroom. And she's already not speaking to you anyway, so just take your L and leave. Not too much drama. Let the girl learn so she won't make the mistake with the next one. Wash the bathroom. Yeah, I'm sure she's washing the bathroom in her house. Uh, we, we can only hope. Because this is a chick that uses dirty bathroom anyway. So well, this is a guy. You know what? I wouldn't be worried. The guy uses a dirty bathroom too. Maybe he has something and then this girl is living with him and she's all up in his business. So, at the same time, you know what? I think the two of them are just a problem, honestly. If I'm going to be honest, the guy doesn't want to wash bathroom. The girl doesn't want to wash bathroom. Both of them are a problem. Because how is it? I, I even find it, the guy said he has never asked her to do anything. Really? They've been living together for a bit and he's never asked her to do it. You know, you know what i'm not even going to assume we're just taking the email at face value as he said it so yeah that's what i think the guy should dump the girl he should go to his, the girls who can um wash the bathroom there's a there's a popular saying the person that will be with you will be with you even if you don't know how to cook rice so clearly this girl is not for him he should go and please cook, learn to cook rice there's rice cooker now why can't you cook rice he should go and uh, mostly cold he should go and be with the girls who will be honored to wash his bathroom and that, and that and girls are very annoying, you know. There's uh, this small thing they'll be doing. You'll be trying to record a podcast, they'll be playing Candy Crush. Instead of them, it, 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 after you tell them to stop playing Candy Crush, they'll start looking at photos after I start reading messages. So, guy, there are worse things than um, having your bathroom not cleaned. Like I said, I mean, I'm gonna say it again just dump the girl. I don't have, I, I sound like a broken record. I've said just dump the girl like nine times. Dump the girl, go to the girl who is for you. The one that's for you is for you. The one that wash your toilet, wash your toilet. The one that doesn't want to wash your toilet. I mean, this day and age, we still have girls who are doing house girl work for their boyfriends. They'll come in the morning, sweep the house, lay the bed, do everything, and all like that. So there's some, so, 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 so there are some good ones out there. Yes, there's some good ones. Me, I'm not one of the good ones. I will not come to your house, wash your clothes, wash your boxers, do this. Sorry for you. If you're not clean, that's your business. I have my own cleanliness to deal with. No, all right, guys. No, after this podcast, we're going to give LD. A broom, a mop, some clean utensils, and she's gonna to get to work. So, fellas, don't worry, I'm gonna teach her some things. And if this podcast doesn't happen next week, just know that all the equipment here was destroyed. <laughs> all right, thanks everybody for listening to the Good Bad Gang. Uh, remember to follow us on all social media Good Bad Gang on Twitter, Good Bad Gang on um, Instagram. We'll have some posts up with some of the stuff we talked about. 
um, on iTunes, you know, follow us, subscribe, review, five star shit. Thanks for listening. I'm really sorry about my nasal voice. It's really Yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. We're gonna put LD to work and uh, catch you next week. Your man did a love you real good in a bed And you know that I really good vibe And him I give you full satisfaction my girl Then you know